0: the it's the triple ill. yeah that it
1: is oh it is. yes here's the intro here we go <clears throat> welcome to the worldwide chelsea pod episode 41 and hopefully tons of fun more than the fun we're getting treated to without our beloved chelsea gaming to watch uh, i've got my wonderful two guests two of the finest and three of the finest me with him triple m as we call it we've got the smooth dude he switched allegiances from pope to mendy because his religion has switched it's my boy the smoothest guy i know mike how you doing today my friend
0: oh man i'm doing well it's kind of hard to top that intro though i'm doing fantastic how are you i'm doing
1: incredibly well working hard pushing it to the limit and waiting anxiously for
0: chelsea's games to return Wonderful man. Hey, I saw you. Uh, I saw that you were running recently, man. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, running all the time, my friend. Keeping it going. And our second guest is the analytical man. Spherical, maybe. Circular, maybe. But if we brought that to life, it's a ball. But it's not those crazy basketball guys, LeVar, Lamello, and. Lonzo? It's our favourite guy, Matthew Ball. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Very well. How are you? As I said, brilliant and cannot wait to get started to deliver another pod. We bag it up. We like the way we work it and then we deliver it to the fans and everyone is happy. We're all happy. So let's kick it off, my friends. So... Uh international break time. Uh, better set the alarm guys because as always I am bored as hell with another international break. Not too much excitement for me, but much excitement for some nation fans. And we've got we've got some English, we've got some Americans. So let's get a bit of perspective on that. How has the international break been so far for you, Mike? Was it really that bad? He hasn't said anything. <laughs> well you know i don't know what it's like to lose to wales but uh, or draw but well well, we might have some technical problems over there in usa so uh matt how about you oh he's back oh he is here he's alive like yeah no
0: no yeah yeah so I i don't know what happened there um um and uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you you had a question and and I I lost the connection there.
1: Well, I'm sure that's what Greg Bahalter is saying as well. We had oh. a connection. It happened. Oh, that and guy. Then.
0: That guy's yeah. Right. To to How has your international break been, my friend? Tell me about it. I mean, it, honestly, we played a bunch of kids um, in, in that in that Wales game. So I mean, it was nice to see, and we got a lot of new faces too. And whether or not they they stick with the team or not, because there's a bunch of dual and I think even triple international players there that have the opportunity to go and play for multiple countries. Um so it was nice to see some new faces because the the thing that we get with burhalter a lot of the times is his guys, his guys, his guys in terms of you got your Giassi' Artis, your Josie Altadors, uh your Michael Bradleys, you've got these guys that just I mean they're fine players, they're fine squad players but they're not they're not going to get you over to the next level which in all honesty for us would be round of 8, semis, something like that. That would be I mean honestly for me that would be a win. That would be a huge win for us if we could imagine to do that in in the world cup or something like that in the next you know what
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? We're talking about, uh, I guess the perspectives might be a bit different from our both our nations. I dread every international break. I'm only really enjoying them a bit more now because we've got some more Chelsea players in there. Um, so I guess I think the US might see it a little different to us. That's what I find a bit interesting in that. Uh, Matt, your thoughts. How's it been going for you? Uh, yeah, I
2: mean, the
1: England-Ireland game, it wasn't
2: anything special. I mean, I, we We actually did quite well, which is surprising because normally we're just shit whoever we play. But uh, it was nice to see a team that, if I'm honest, I'd prefer to see more often. I'd like to see more of Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I'd like to see Greenish and Mount playing with each other. And if I'm honest, I think it's probably a stronger team than what we're going to play against Belgium, who would be the usual... Crap players like Walker playing at centre-back, etc., etc. But I, I still hate this. I don't get this back three. It frustrates the hell out of me. Like we, We're shit defensively with three at the back anyway, so we might as well just use our attacking for it rather than harming that, which is the only thing we're good at, just to try and fix something that won't fix anyway. But, yeah, the early positive is the England-Scotland draw. Oh, ho, ho. Um,
1: I, I'm kind of with you on on that point. I mean, it, it's quite a shame because you know, the last couple of years, apart from our golden generation, where I really enjoyed it a lot, when we had a lot of the best players with Chelsea, we also had some Man Uniteds and Liverpool's. had Gerard Lampard, you know, all these kind of great players, Terry, Rio, all, the, all of those. The problem I think now we're seeing we've got quite a nice plethora of attacking talent, and I also like. I've got to be. I've got to see Jack Grealish and Mount together. I don't get the random comparison between the two i think they could be in the same side and, and i think they're both good enough to be in that um we, we've got some good attackers got great striker we've got kane haven't we we've got you know chelsea players in there, Chilwell, reese james but we've got all of those the front end of the ferrari the middle of the lamborghini starting to build and then we've got the back end of a larder in the back i mean i mean I just can't see us doing anything with Harry Maguire as our main center back and Jordan Pickford in goal. I know I think Pope was in goal and I think he's a better goalkeeper but Ooh.
0: just
1: it's insane. It's insane for me. What do you think from an outsider's perspective on the England
0: team, Mike? No, I I to to echo what what Matt said about Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I I I'm surprised, man, that, that he's having quite the quite the season, not only internationally, but obviously he's having quite the season in the Premier League. Um, so it's really nice to see him. And I think you're absolutely you know, spot on with uh, the attacking part. I'm not quite sure where you guys are going to field some uh, some of those defenders. I don't know where you go for that. Um, I mean, but yeah, not, it's, it's nice to have somebody like Pope back there. I don't. And again man I I'm not here to pick on anybody. Um I I think I was dead ass wrong with Ross Barkley. I was super critical of him in his time for Chelsea. Um but I I I've liked what you know he's been able to do this season with not only Villa but with you know with the international squad as well. I just think um defensively I don't know what where where you drop your answers with that and I think that's I think that's pretty much what any I anybody I guess would say even if you are a A blind, uh, blindly in in love with the England squad. Um, That's the big question mark there. Because yeah, I wouldn't trust, you know, that fridge back there at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, for me, uh, they severed. I mean, I really severed my love with the international kind of England team after what happened with JT. And I I don't know, I've always felt more of a connection to my club than the country uh, since that happened. But uh, yeah, I I don't think Maguire's good enough. I don't think Joe Gomez is actually a very good player at all. I think he's been made to look a lot better than he is. I think Matip was the better partner for Van Dijk. Um, And that's the thing, we've got good players seemingly across the team. And also, I don't really trust in what Southgate's trying to do. But I think, I mean, we have a potential with the young players. There are a lot of young players in there that are good. And I, I like Calvert-Lewin. I think he, he was good before, but I think now we're seeing consistency. is growing and he's a strong player. I think he, he definitely offers quite a lot there. Um, let's kind of shift that over. Scotland have qualified. Matt, tell me about this. Well,
2: it's, it's always... I know Scotland have this very much hatred for England, but it is always nice to see... The likes of Wales, Northern Ireland did it recently, and then now Scotland getting into the Euros. Even though England is our team, us as a United Kingdom, it's nice to see the home nations play. And even better now, it's nice for the home nations to play each other,
1: which is going to be a cracking game. I can't wait. Me, uh, You and me both, um, I'm really excited for the fact that Scotland have made it. I, I don't hate Scotland, I hope they do well and I am part Welsh just to, to reveal that, a very small part and uh, when they made it to the Euros, I was so excited to watch their games. Um, that They got, they, they really did the country proud and I think that kind of stuff we forget you know, we, we, and it's the same do you remember how you felt when Chelsea first made the Champions League? Yeah, you just have that feeling of just being proud yeah and i missed that you know now we it, i'm not excited excited until the quarterfinals passes and then i feel like ah, oh, maybe chelsea can win but when i first that you know every game every game it was like yes and then that's you know songs like oh dennis wise scored a fucking great goal you know all that stuff and it's just it's, it's amazing that kind of thing so when you first get that i'm really happy to see it northern ireland last time right they made it with, with uh, Wales there, and it's good. Let's get the whole UK there, right? And I guess the same for you, Mike, when USA kind of almost get a gold cup every year, but the Mexicans kind of beat the thread at the top.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the, you know, and, and I think you guys share in this frustration when you have a, a manager who makes questionable at best uh, decisions, not only with the, the team selection, but also uh, tactically um because it, it just you know when you're looking at the personnel that both of these teams offer with England and the United States and um I won't pretend to know much about scotland i' i'm I'm super happy that they've um that they've you know that they've moved on because that's a that's gonna be a that's got that's gonna be wonderful for for the United kingdom in that respect um I know that there's always going to be that sort of you know bad blood Scotland versus you know uh, England rivalry. But um for me, yeah, I look at um internationally speaking like and having Mexico just pretty much become our you know our our fathers for the last, you know, ten, fifteen years more or less. It it's it's it is a bit frustrating, but you you just cope with it. And but it's it's to a point now when you you see the talent that from, from my perspective, that the United States has, that it, it is unacceptable um, moving forward here that we lose to, to. If we lose to Mexico, it's unacceptable. We need to find another manager quickly because it's, it's, it's to a point for me, it's like we're wasting years now with our best team that we've had, most talented team that we'll, we've had to date.
1: Good point, actually. And I'm going to close out the international discussion. Oh, we're also saying Ziek scored some goals. Werner scored some goals. Kante scored some Ooh. goals. Yeah. Come on, let's go. More goals and, in his international than Marshall. right? Sorry, Matt, go ahead. And Rudiger conceded a lovely goal as well. Mm. I didn't even know he was playing. Sorry, I'm ignoring
2: that. But yeah. One thing I'd like to say as well. I'm going to make it just a controversial opinion here. I would like Southgate to get sacked. And the man I'd like to bring in... People are going to slag me off for this. I can Rudy. have a feeling one of you is going to slag me off for this. Rudiger. Yeah. Arsene Wenger. An
1: interesting... In. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> is,
1: is he still active? Like, I mean, I know he doesn't have a job and all that, but is he still open for another he, position? O- he's currently got a, some role with FIFA, but
2: he's always said he's, if an international team comes... He, wouldn't, he would consider doing it depending on the team. Why not England? It's a big team. And I think the attacking talent we've got, we may concede a lot of goals, but he'd get the best out of all that attacking talent. No doubt. And we wouldn't, play, we wouldn't be playing some shitty three at the back with Arsene Wenger.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm not against him uh, taking over the role. It's always exciting to have a, a manager. To, you know, could be a bit better than somebody with zero... Kind of top experience um I, know I think it would be a good a good option I just not sure I'm not sure that we will ever see this team as a cohesive unit, and that sounds quite negative, but we I don't know we always seem to blame something else for it. I'm not sure why you know we there are good players there i mean there there are good players that can win games I mean you know we, we've got them across big teams I think though one of the things is when the top team has got a majority of them in it. If you look across the, the nations, that's what seems to work the best. If you look at Spain, they had majority Barcelona's and Real Madrid players. And then you looked at uh, Germany before, most of them in players. I get the feeling Chelsea could be very instrumental in that in the next few years. What we bring in in Declan Rice? I would like to buy Jack Grealish next season. Um, I know it might not be a priority signing, but I think having that core might help the na- national team. What do you guys think about that?
0: Well, I just think. Oh, no, go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No. Well, I just think
2: <laughs> I think that's the one. Of the main problems of the Premier League because we're the, we're one of the only leagues that just bring in swarms of just international players, and we, there is no big team that apart from Chelsea coming up now that had loads of English players that brings through English players, and I think that's one of the biggest problems. And then the English players that do play and play for smaller clubs. They've got such a big tax, English tax on them that none of the big clubs bother buying them anyway. And I think that's the fundamental problem. We're not bringing through our English players correctly. And then on top of that, we've got the FA, which top to bottom is not built correctly to make a national team win a World
1: Cup. Very good point, and I'm going to, before passing that over to Mike, I always come up, with this, I come up with this idea when FFP come about, that if you're buying players sourced from England, we should remove the FFP costs. If that, that was done, I think that would negate the fact that we have to pay an England tax on these players. What do you think there?
2: Could be a good idea. It could work. But, you know, there'd be other, play, other teams trying to make loopholes around it just to try and get more money it probably wouldn't work out the way we want it to
1: yeah no doubt and, and you mike what do you think
0: no oh, I, I think those two players coming in would be fantastic for for not only chelsea but i also think that those two coming in playing for a big club um would certainly improve their their abilities i think ultimately to to play for their country as well so yeah i mean what what matt said and and, and also the the notion of uh um, Doing away with the financial fair play uh, when it's an English player would would help tremendously in terms of development. Um, I mean, with, you know, just speaking on, you know, based on the United States, um, talent development, we, we basically just ship our players abroad because we don't have any type of home league here that can really, truly um, improve their abilities and, and make them a viable, you know, player in, on the international level. We'll get completely boat raced by the likes of uh, Panama and Costa Rica if we continue to do that. But with the United States, honestly, we need to break away from the the CONCACAF uh, uh, leagues, uh, that, that whole union right there. And we really just need to do a, a – we just need to do it under Copa Americas at that point in my opinion and just do Canada, United States – In in Mexico and the South American and and the remaining Latin American countries there Um, and just do that. Um, That would be very similar to what you guys do with the Euros in that respect I think personally Um, which would be fantastic and I think you would see you'd see a lot I mean who wouldn't want to see Polišic versus Messi in that respect Um, and be able to see it at least you know a little bit more frequent than we would in the World Cup stage
2: Sorry go ahead it bring in more money i can tell you that
0: Oish. yeah well Absolutely. somebody somebody's getting paid
1: I think we've got a lot of reason to be excited for for England when you know when Rice comes over. You know, I, I, I'm much. I I don't know about you guys, but I'm much more inclined to watch those games when like half the team is Chelsea. <laughs> for example, you know we've got Reese there, got Chilwell there, got Mason there now. Even Barkley's still a Chelsea player. I don't think he's good enough to be uh, anyway at the end. But you know we've got them players. Got Tammy in there now. We got you know they're all there. And Declan as well. That's good. I think that's good for the future. What, what do you guys? What do you think, Matt? You think it's good for the future, or it doesn't matter?
2: Uh, I think it'd be good for the future. I just don't think under this manager it'd be able to be used right anyway. It will just be another Gerard Lampard situation where they don't they waste the potential.
1: So true. Uh, when Mourinho tried to bring Gerard in, and we're going to shift that over to something like that in a second. But I remember Mourinho saying he wanted to use them in an open diamond. Uh, and that's how we would get them to play together. And uh, I always wondered about that, because I don't think that they were actually a similar type of player. I mean, the fact that the Lampard liked to arrive at the box, but they both had technical ability where they could use it. I don't see why it was such an issue about them playing together. But anyway, guys, let's move on to the next point. So let's get it back to Chelsea, right? We've had a nice 22 minutes of uh, speaking about the international break. Let's talk about Chelsea now. Um, on the agenda today, and something I find quite interesting, is how you become a Chelsea fan. Now, you know, maybe we woke up one day and we got a cut in the arm and said, ah, oh, that hurt, some blue blood seeped out of it dripping on the floor, which formed the shirt and made us a fan. Or we had some other kind of story. For example, I'll tell you about mine. I was taken to a game when I was seven years old. I think I was seven. And uh, it's 93 or 4 season. Can't remember the exact date. Uh, my dad took me on a Saturday. Chelsea, Tottenham. Went to see Chelsea, Tottenham were 2 0 down. Tottenham also missed a penalty. It didn't look good. But me as a young, innocent kid, I always think the hero's going to win. Got it back. Mark Steen with some goals and a last minute penalty won the game. It was Chelsea 4, Tottenham 3 that's how I become a fan. That was my first game a very long time ago. So I was a fan because of heritage. My dad was a fan, but his family were West Ham fans. So thank God he made that conscious choice to save me from years of heartbreak and praying that Rice stays. I'm going to ask, start with you, Matt. How did you become a fan?
2: So mine was a bit of a strange one. Basically, my, my family, it's there's a lot of different football teams I support. So my granddad, he never really supported a team, but he used to follow Tottenham occasionally just because um, his mm. workplace. A lot, a lot of his workplace supported Tottenham, so he was just kind of jumping on the bandwagon. Um, and then my dad is an Ipswich Town supporter and my mum's a Chelsea supporter. Well, her, my mum's family um, supports Chelsea. And they're... You will eventually, it will probably come out once I'm famous. I there is a three year old pi- picture of three year old me with a Ipswich Town shirt, apparently smiling. Um, but I was never really that interested in football. My dad would take me, but I wasn't really, I'd go there just for the hot dog if I'm honest, and the McDonald's on the way home. But it was, I was around my granddad's, and he was like we watching the game and I think it was actually Chelsea Tottenham because he wouldn't watch much Um, and then I just fell in love watching the game and it was the first time I ever took a bit of interest in football and I was like I said to my dad, dad I want to be a Chelsea supporter and he was like, it broke his heart and my younger brother is now forced to be a Ipswich Town fan but uh, he accepted it and he used to come with me to games we went to Chelsea Ipswich in the FA Cup third round where we beat him 8 0 and I think he was crying on the way home the train because oh. it was we were sitting there and I remember him saying it was like 25 minutes in he was like is doing quite well with 0-0. Ten minutes later, Chelsea were five nil up <laughs> and he just sat there at half time and was like, Go get me a beer. And I was like, I'm not I'm underage. He's like, I don't care, try and get me a beer. I was like, okay, fine. Obviously, didn't get served because I was ten years old. But I was like, Dad, can't get the beer because I'm ten. And he's like, Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a very it's it. Pe- people might go, Oh, you're a plastic fan for not supporting Ipswich Town. But I mean, I was five at the time, so I didn't know what blue was blue. It was just a blue team that I was watching. They made I was interested. Went to school someone asked oh what team do you support i was like i'm a chelsea fan and
1: then that's where it went from there absolutely amazing story and uh i found that quite interesting there matt uh i mean love it and yeah definitely i mean we can't be calling people plastics if they're not formed and they haven't formed an opinion at five years old And, and people used to do that i remember like Come on, you're not born, uh, sometimes you're born into it, like my son is, you know, he's got a shirt, he won't be allowed to support anyone else or he'll be sold to the slave trade. And um, I'm totally joking, by the way, before anyone gets in there, but you know what I mean? Um, You know, you put a shirt on him, that's the heritage I want to create for him. But you know, you could be born with lots of family members that support different teams, different uh, everything. So you can't be calling people plastic for that. And it's a great story, Matt. How about you, Mike? I've been itching to hear
0: your story. What made you a Chelsea fan overseas? Um... Yeah, so it, it's it's I I don't have a I don't have a real long story here, but basically what it, what what this amounted to was um, just it just happened to be when uh, when Polisic had finally agreed to terms and had and was getting ready to move over to Chelsea, um, my son's uh, team uh, needed a coach and a football team needed a coach. And none of the parents at that point had stepped up. And I called my buddy and I was like, hey, I I don't know anything about this sport. He's like, look, man, it's just go ahead and do it. Just sign up for it. You'll you'll be okay. You've you've played organized sports before. It'll be fine. And I said, "Okay, fine. And I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I need to immerse myself into into the culture here. And I need to find a way to be invested not only. You know, for my son's team success, but also just to really have that knowledge and have that background of of being a coach and and understanding what I'm looking at. Um, so when I had heard that Pulisic had had basically had agreed to come over to to Chelsea, I was like, okay, I'm a Chelsea fan now. Um, just because at that point, like I honestly, I wasn't a Dortmund fan. Um, I can say that, but I was I was definitely I knew that. There was talent with Pulisic. Just haven't seen him on the international level um, being our only really good player at that at that point in time. So uh, for me, hearing that he was going to play in the Premier League, which is, you know, for for an American player, and not only being able to play, but play, you know, play pretty regularly would be, I mean, that's, that's unheard of. I think what there's, um, you have Dempsey, obviously Tim Howard. Those are a few of the, American players that come to mind here that have played somewhat, you know, regularly or consistently in the Premier League. So having somebody like Pulisic that, you know, coming over for the healthy wage, you you anticipated that he would be playing regularly, I guess I should say. Um, so knowing that, and that's basically how I became a, a Chelsea fan, was this, when Pulisic signed, I was like, all right, I'm all in, this is my team now. Like, I, I never, I didn't have a team. I didn't have a... I didn't have, I mean, I, I'll say this, I was a fan of players, like I was a fan of Mar. I'm a fan of Mario Balotelli, so um, I was a fan of AC Milan um, prior to following any, any Premier League teams, um, so that was, those are the two teams that I follow um, pretty regularly, um, that are like actual clubs and things like that, outside of like the internationals.
1: Absolutely fascinating story, and I think... <laughs> That kind of, no, it's a great thing. I think it's really awesome when we kind of figure out that actually players can have a powerful attraction factor for, for fans. And I've always been a huge fan of it. I think I said on a previous pod, it is. it actually feels like an honour for me when I go to countries and I see people wearing my club shirt. Uh, I never uh, no, I never expected to see that in 94, 5, 6, 7. You know? I never expected to go to another country and see other foreign fans liking the same team as me and I think we kind of step over this beautiful fact of how global a club can become and the fact you can share this all around the world with other people and uh, sometimes players have the power to do that and I'm a big fan of Christian Pulisic as I've said before I think he's absolutely fantastic player and it's even better that he's managed to bring good fans like yourself to the club I think it is awesome and and it's like, you know, fans are fans. It doesn't matter where, when, and all that stuff, or at least in my opinion. And I've been, I'm kind of in between. I'm a long term fan, but I'm also, I'm kind of in between being what they would call a Yerda and what they would call, they used to call them JCLs uh, for like, I think, Johnny Come Lately's, they used to call these, these type of fans. But uh, for me, fans are fans no matter what. And both of your stories were so unique and, and fun, I think. So let's shift that over to the next point. Now, this is going to be really hard to discuss. So, uh, you know, when you're discussing what you prefer in your life, a pepperoni pizza, deep pan, thin crust, a burger or a steak, how you have your steaks cooked, rare, medium rare, what sauces you have on your meal. In this case, it's the best Chelsea team you have ever seen. And I'm going to kick that off with Mike. What is the best Chelsea team you've seen and why?
0: Honestly, for me, and and this, and it, it's only because I've probably watched that match maybe a dozen times since becoming a Chelsea fan, which is uh, the the two thousand twelve um, final against Bayern Munich. Um, for me, that that team right there, and and knowing the the level of talent that they had um, throughout that team with Drogba, uh, with Terry, um, with you, you had you had a wealth of players in Lampard, you had. Uh, Michael Essien was on that team. You had some players man that were just I mean just fantastic and not only that they were they caught fire at the right time and this was a team that was super talented and had the you know and I I'm, and, I'm, and I'm looking at this team and I'm looking at what we have right now and what we have in terms of talent and the ability to get there and we have a coach that has that that has won it as a player um so i i see a lot and personally i i just see it from that that vantage point i see a lot of parallels with that 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 2012 team and this team that's coming in right now we've got you know obviously you had Petr check um so we've got you know we basically got Petr check jr right um and edward Mendy, um but <laughs> we've got we've got guys man that are just um that you can tell they're they're young they're hungry we have some experience as well uh and in and in Conte like we have guys man that that are that were right there on the cusp and you could look at you could sort of chart that team up to that that 2012 season yeah the the, the manager got sacked whatever maybe that's what you know maybe that's what drove that team to to winning but that team You know, you could chart the the team, you know, those years that they were together, or at least the core of that team, for that matter. And you could tell where where this was going, Um, and you know, with the benefit of hindsight, you could tell that this is exactly where they were going. And that's why I I said in the last episode, man, is that this team that's currently on the squad right now, on our best day, we can play with anybody. And I, I know that that's sort of a lofty statement, but I, I sort of extrapolate what I've seen or, you know, you know, the the finished product with that 2012 squad. And I look at how this team is being built right now and I can see that that this is where it's going.
1: Fantastic discussion there. And you, you, Matt, tell me yours. Um,
2: For me, it's a bit of a strange one because obviously... Um, in terms of growing up, I didn't really see the Mourinho 05, 04, 05, 05, 06 team that well. So obviously, I've learnt that team more than looking back at it rather than looking at it live. I think the best team that I've seen live is the Ancelotti 09, 010, 10 11 season. I think we were the mo- It was the most dangerous team we've ever had, attacking threat, but also we were good defensively as well. The likes of Drogba, Anelka, Kalu, Malouda, we were just insanely good. I think, in my opinion, we should have won more. We didn't win. I, I felt we didn't win enough with that team. The team we had was absolutely phenomenal, and um, I still think Ancelotti could have got a bit more time than he did. But that's just what it is. Ooh.
1: Um, I'm going to come in there with uh, the 2010. Um, I think that was actually, I, I still to this day, that was uh, the most exciting season for me. Um, actually, that was my first game back there in years because I wasn't able to find how to get tickets for a while. Um, so I, that's when I started going on my own. Um, and I went to the first game I went to that season was Chelsea Sunderland. And we won like, I think it was like 7-2 or 8-2. And uh, I just remember. And the thing is, we had I don't. Uh, uh, there's so many things I've got to say about that team. Not sure if you saw any of that team, Mike. But we had literally prime players on in every single position, and it was just unbelievable.
0: Um, I don't know if you, uh, Mike, if you did, you see any
1: of the 2010 team?
0: No, I didn't. But that's a that's a hell of a recommendation. But I I mean I didn't see the 2010 team. But I I, I was just looking at the rosters those years that led up to that 2012 and absolutely you're you're 100% on the money there. That's a, that's a, that's a team that, you know, should have done, done some big things in terms of the champions league. But, um, you know, yeah, that's, that's what I was, that's why I'm looking at this team right now and I'm like, okay, all right, we win, we win at minimum a trophy here. We call that a success this season, but the, but the, um, But the expectations are going to get far greater uh, because of the the talent that we've brought in, and that we've. I mean, hell, that last match that we watched, um, that was that was a complete team. That was a complete team effort right there, and against Sheffield. And uh, I don't care. I don't care who who was on the pitch with Chelsea that day. Chelsea was going to win that match.
1: Yeah, and that's the point. I mean, we've watched those games. We had even we we even had Deco there at the back end of his career and he played a big role. We had uh, Mikel, Essien, Lampard, Balak, Terry. Still had Cavalio at that time. Um, in that season, I think we won the Shield, we won the League, and won the FA Cup. Um, I'm one of the very few uh, minorities that don't think Ancelotti deserved time. I think I think actually the season went so sour the next time and we massively underachieved in everything. We lost to, who is it we lost to in, in the FA Cup at that time? Is it like, I can't remember what it was, but I don't remember. I remember being very annoyed about it. And, um, you know, we, we really struggled, I feel, uh, after that. But that 2010 season still to this day is my, the one that I remember the most fondly. And it just had, and it ended so well. We we wrapped up the cup as well. The FA Cup. Drogba scored thirty, I think thirty-three goals in all seasons. Uh, just incredible, all around the pitch. And it was just such a feel-good factor that year. Um, we just had it all. Um, my first favourite. I mean, my uh, first choice for the best ever Chelsea team is the two thousand and four five. I think it's 4-5. might have been 3-4. I might have gotten that wrong. So, mine is the the Chelsea that won the league for the first time in 50 years. For you guys that might not have seen that team, seeing Duff and Robin, imagine having two hazards either side of a young upcoming striker. Now, Drogba didn't score that many goals. I think he was in like 13 or 15 for the season, but the whole team were just incredible. And even then, we had Joe Cole as well. We had Joker, we had Duff, we had Robin, we had Lampard coming up, we had Terry coming up, we had checking goal. I think we can. I might get this wrong, but it was either fourteen or sixteen goals. It was Fifteen, I think. Fifteen for the whole league season. It was just unbelievable. Nothing got past that team. We won the league at a canter. Teams tried to attack us. We got it was an. It, it, the teams would attack us. It was an instant goal. It was. It was just everything I wanted in a team. We lost one game to an Anelka penalty. Uh, we lost the Champions League undeservedly because there was a goal that didn't even cross the line. We lost the FA Cup in that season because we had an injury after making four all of our substitutions. So we were two players down at one stage. It was an un, a pretty much unbeatable team. How do all of your choices of teams... 2012, 2010 and my 2004 compare with the current trajectory of this team? What do you think, Matt?
2: That's a tough question. I mean, in terms of comparing Chelsea's attack now to the Ancelotti team, um, I think we'll get there. I think it's a different style of attacking, but I think it's an attack that could equally score as many goals as we did back then. Um, in terms of defensively, no one. No, no, I don't care what world class players you have at the back. Tiago, we could have four Thiago Silvers at the back. We're not going to repeat that fifteen goals. That's never going to be even like Liverpool last season. You could argue they were can complete control of the league, and even they were nowhere near even getting close to equaling or coming close to that record. That record even chelsea are not even going to get anywhere near it again that record will ne- that will I, I don't in our lifetime that won't be broken um in terms of i think we can get close to it but nowhere near but not close enough but we will still be a good defensive team but just not that good
0: interesting mike i think you know with the it, I sort of alluded to this earlier um with this team i the trajectory i think is i honestly I think it's limitless um with the and and maybe not from a statistical perspective here because you know I think the game has changed you know tremendously over the course of ten fifteen twenty years um you know obviously, I think to attract the the fans, I think goals definitely will do that right I mean, it's the same thing when you look at. Major League Baseball, nobody wants to see a, a 1-0 game in Major League Baseball. They want to see, you know, lots of home runs. Same thing I think would apply with uh, with the product, with the with EPL, with MLS, with Bundesliga, with Serie A, and, and La Liga is like you want to see goals. Um, and you want to see well-crafted goals too. Um, but, you know, to that point, I think um, you're – this team, in its own right that we currently have, is just getting started. And I think it's it wouldn't be it's it wouldn't be unheard of. It wouldn't be surprising if we won the league this year. I think it's wide open for us here. You hate to see you hate to see injuries on 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 any team, much less a rival team for that matter. but um with those with those two guys going down for liverpool and uh, in gomez and van dyke, it's it's wide open now um i don't think that man city is 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 the next in line to take it i think it's anybody's guess as as far as uh, who steps up and and wins the league this year um i think it, and why not chelsea you know i always ask that question is like why not us in this respect because i think we have the talent we have the ability um and if we're starting to establish that level of consistency on the on the defensive end um uh, we're going to we're gonna bang in some goals, and that's a given. Um, I think now we're starting to see that. I think it's just you know with Zeek and you know we're, we're likely going to get Pulisic back the, uh, at the you know at, at the end of the break. Gilmore looks to be ready to come back too. This team is just now getting started. we're we're we haven't even reached our final form. Um, so, for me, getting a getting a treble wouldn't be unheard of. Maybe not this season, but the following season. This team is really good. I'm still
1: expecting us to win the league. I'm going to keep putting that out there. I still think it's there. It is there to be taken. It is. What do you think, Matt?
2: Yeah, I think the league is there for the taking. I think it's not just for Chelsea, either. You've got the likes of Tottenham with Mourinho. You- we know, we know what? we've we know what Mourinho's second season's like. Yeah. And they could come in and steal it. They've, they've, they've signed players that are... At first, I oh, what, what are them signings? But they've just... They've signed players that they needed, whether they were world-class or not. And they've just sprinkled around and just made their team a bit more cohesive. And I think it's, it could be enough for Mourinho to do it and grind it out. But... Um, yeah, I think Chelsea will be looking at it, City will be looking at it, but I just don't, don't think they're strong enough. I think, I think Pep's gone at the end of the season. I think Pep's, Pep's not liking it anymore. Pep's looking at another club, and I don't know which club that is. It could be a, a return to Barcelona, I could see that, but I'm not sure.
1: I definitely uh, agree on you. I agree with you on that point. I, I think he's gone at the end of the season. I think City are kind of struggling to pick it up. I think Liverpool are kind of dipping and sliding. I don't think Tottenham have enough good players to mount a challenge. I think they will do well, and I think they might win something. But I'm looking at that team, and I know there's Harry Kane, but these all of these players they, they're looking at, apart from Bale, and I don't think he alone anymore is the same player. I don't think they've got enough people in there that know how to win, and I think that's what's going to cost them.
2: Yeah, but when you've got a manager like Mourinho in his second season, I think you know how good Mourinho is of grinding out results with not-so-good players. So, in a league where it's
1: unknown who's going to win the league, you never know. Very true, my friends, very true. Now, I'm just going to pass this over. Before we go to Twitter questions... Which I'm gonna let the wonderful Matt possibly uh read out because I don't have them. Um Mike, who is our best player currently?
0: When healthy it's Christian Polisic. Um I you know, I I still think that he's the one that offers that level of dynamic dynamicism that to to this that attacking side that um when he's on the pitch he frees up so many other players here, and he gives you know he gives the opportunity for space, so that the the likelihood that you know we get to see a Zayak, you know, one end, Pulisic on the other. Pick your poison. If I'm if I'm the other manager, in terms of I I, I don't have any answers for that. Um, we catch a team like Manchester United. I would love to play them again very soon. Um, obviously, that's you know that's not in the cards. But we, uh, this team in its own right, I think it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I think in terms of our best player, for me, it's 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 CP10.
1: Wonderful, and you, Matt, best player at the club.
2: Um, I think technically, technical wise, I think Pulisic. I agree is the best player in the team right now but in terms of best player overall it's i actually i'm gonna go with a a bit more of a strange one but i'm gonna go Thiago Silva. i think he is probably our apart from kante our
1: only world-class player Interesting, interesting point, because, um, I mean, I- I'm kind of, le- after seeing one game, I- I'm kind of leaning towards Hakim Ziyech being our best player. Um,
2: uh, yeah, but I
1: think you've
2: just got to see how, I think it's tough. I think with Ziyech, he's only had what one good game, so we need to see how he plays after a couple games to see. I think he, again, we have so many good players that you could, pick five or six players, and I'd go, fair enough. Yeah, I can understand why he's best player. That's how good our team is at the moment.
1: That's something. I mean, it's a question. It's so exciting to actually be able to have a discussion about who the best player is. Whereas season I mean, I'm still kind of leaning towards uh, Pulisic, of course, because I just love that he can win games on his own. Um, but then we've got Kante. Now we've also got Werner. We've got Havertz. We've got Thiago Silva. We've got Chilwell. We've got a great goalkeeper. It is a wonderful time to be alive. And on that note, Twitter questions. Uh, Matt, uh, we have some questions. Is that correct?
2: Yes. So first of all, from at RJ underscore Good Things, great guy. Anyone that's listening, please give him a follow. The most, apart from Mike, is probably one of the most positive Chelsea fans on Twitter right now. Hey, I can share that moniker.
0: I can share that (laughs) moniker.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'll let you. I'll let. I'll let you share it with RJ, but.
0: Brilliant
2: brilliant guy to follow. His question is, should Pulisic be an automatic starter when he returns? If so, who does he replace and why?
1: My God, that is a tough question. Do you want me to take this first? Yeah, I'll let you take this first. um, That's a really tough question because... I'm with in the fact that I think he always sh- at this point he must play because he's earned that spot. But then I always say all the time, consistently, nothing in Chelsea at Chelsea should be guaranteed. You should never be guaranteed that you're going to play. You have to earn it and get back in. Um, so I'm really interested here. In I would take out Tammy and put Timo back in the centre, Pulisic left and Ziyech right. But at this point, that we played so well in the recent game. I would actually start. Pulisic and Harvard's on the bench until we, I mean, and if we win 4-0 again, 4-1 again, then they're just going to have to settle for one or two games just coming off the bench to get themselves eased back in. That's not to say that he's to be taken out. I think Pulisic is an absolutely incredible player and he's going to be one of the best in the absolute world. Um, but for me, I'm saying, yeah, we've got some perspective there. Don't start them for Newcastle, but then bring them, bring them on. And then if we do it even better, then give them their places straight back.
2: Yep. And Mike, what do you think? I think that's,
0: yeah, Marv uh, right on the money with, with uh, move Tammy um, back to the bench and then Timo up front, Pulisic goes left. I think that that's fine. Um, but I'm not opposed to Pelissa coming in as that super sub role either because I've we've seen it and the guy comes in and makes an impact when it's necessary. Um, so either way, um, you know, and I and I don't think Obviously Polisic wants to start. Any any competitor, any player that's played on it, that's playing on a team wants to start. But I, I also know that the guy when he comes in he plays with the level of hunger and determination that um it's not necessarily when you start, it's how you finish and man that guy can finish.
2: Great answer. In terms look- of what I think, um I actually don't think Polisic will start the first couple of games back. I think he'll Frank will ease him in for Tottenham. I think Havertz will probably start because it's a bit different with Havertz. He's only, obviously, if he's able to play, if he's he's tested negative, then I think he could come straight back in because he is self-isolating and he is training as well at home, which, yes, it's not the best and you'd rather him be at the training ground, but he's having a rest, a good rest that he needed. And I think that the player he is, I think Kovacic will slot back on the bench. But I think he'll give Pulisic a bit of time coming in like he always does with Pulisic. He eases eases him in. He'll probably start against Tottenham because it's in a big game. And I think, unfortunately, as good as Tammy has been, I think Tammy will be the person to drop out. And I think he'll understand
1: okay very good discussion there and i think that's really interesting because you know it, and it's so good to actually see we've got competition we don't have to resort to sticking emerson and christensen in whenever someone has a bad game and think that's gonna fix the problems it's very nice um uh, gr- great question from rj uh, what other questions do we have on the agenda mr ball
2: okay so the second and final question from at prague Bura. sorry if i've <laughs> Absolutely (laughs) mispronounced that. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, that's his first and last question, isn't it?
2: (laughs) His question is, with now a steady defence with Zuma, Silva, Chilwell and James, what happens to the guys on the bench? He's put, for instance, Rudiger, AC, Alonso, Emerson and in particular
0: Tamori.
1: gonna Take that Mike.
0: Yeah, I think um, I mean, unfortunately, I think AC and Rudiger are on their way out. Um, I think we also know that Emerson and and AC are likely to be going um, back to Italy at some point, too, or at least that was what we read in the tea leaves with all those rumors and speculation um, in this recent window. Uh, Tamori, I think is interesting because, you know, there's, there's obviously there's some, there's a school of thought on having him stick around, perhaps maybe be on the bench if an injury comes. Uh, personally, I think that would be right for somebody like Rudiger, Rudiger to come in if like Tiago can't play or Zuma can't play. Uh, so maybe Tamori going on loan wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, but, um, I, I've, I've just about. Had it with the likes of Emerson and Alonzo. Alonso, I mean, he 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 does offer something there, um, but defensively speaking, um, AC El- Emerson and Alonzo they they can both go, um, and I hope that they go fast.
1: Oh. Uh, well, I mean, I- I'll take that uh, kind of response on that one. I think it's. Uh, I mean, you know, we've got an eleven, maybe. But- every game is another game and there's always an injury. There's always, you know, hopefully lots of opportunity of games in the cup and all that stuff. Also time having playing so many games per week, there's obviously going to need to be rotation. I mean, there's no way that Chilwell is going to be able to play every single game. So for that reason, I think, you know, Aspie is going to have games, isn't he? Because he's going to go right or left. I think that's probably the first choice there. So, I mean, ideally I would like to see Alonso get a couple of games. I don't think it's that bad, but there are players that, every time they play, the level of the team comes down. And I I like Rudiger. I'm not saying Rudiger is that player. I think he's much better than Christensen. So I think Rudiger should be getting opportunities alongside maybe Fikayo if he trains well. But for me, like Emerson and Christensen and unfortunately Kepa, I feel bad for him because he really does try hard. But those three players drag down the team level. And it's something we cannot do anymore you know we've they those players have had a lot of chances in this team and we could easily say yeah he's only 24 christmas but every game's a disaster class And, and emerson every time he gets beaten on the inside every single time nothing ever changes if it was like an unlucky own goal or a slip or something we can accept that but those three players cannot have a future at the club and uh you know, there are always players that are going to be on the bench. So some players need to work harder and some people might have to accept that and some might need to go on loan. But those three players need to be sold.
2: Yeah, that's some good points from both of you. In terms of my opinion, I think with Tomori loan, I don't think he should go out on loan because I think when by the time we get to January, we'll have the FA Cup and there'll be a lot more games to rotate unlike we had now with the Carabao Cup with us going out to Tottenham. And I think that will be the time where Tomori can get more game time and there'll be more of a fluid change between Zuma and Silva being the first choice centre-back pairing. And then I think it's probably going to be Andreas Christensen and um as the second centre-back pairing because I think Rudiger, as, well, as much as I like him better than Christensen... I think looking at his contract, looking at his age, I think it's the best time to sell him. I think with AC, with he's on a longer contract, we can keep him um, in terms of his value will keep increasing just because he's getting older. And I think he'll go in the summer, don't get me wrong, but I think Rudiger would be the first one to move out just because of contract situation. And I think after Alonso's shenanigans, I think Alonso's already... I wouldn't be surprised if there's, they're already actively trying to get Alonso out of the club. Um, I think Emerson, again, he'll be one of them guys he'll stay probably till the summer and then he'll move on. I expect Milang Sar, who's been playing very well out on loan, to possibly come straight in at left-back. Or if not, I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea go back for a long-term target and use Sifatau if he can get himself back from this injury that he had. Because he can play either right or left, um, and on the wing, so it's a, it's a utility player that we could really use. Um, I think everyone except Tamori their their time is running short, and I think they will be gone within twelve months.
1: That's actually really interesting. You mention that because I think yeah, that's the truth. That some of them aren't going to be there. I think we we can't like. I think we need to have some perspective with the young, and it's something I also lack. Uh, you know, I mean, I think like when you see him having a run of bad games, we should never give up on the player. Um, even like Tamori, he's so freaking quick. He's good in the air. You know, that's a potential player. But he's still so young, you know, like he needs to maybe be alone or play. And same with even Hudson-Odoi, maybe alone or play. but not just give up on some of these uh, players because obviously some of them are doing so well that it seems like that's the benchmark they've all got to do. We look at how Reese is playing in every single game. He's just blowing it away now. It's just incredible. Uh, what do you what do you think about that, Mike?
0: No, I, I think, um, yeah. I mean, in terms of in terms of Temori, I mean, yeah, we have to really think about what his ability is going to be um, down the road, and and how that's going to. I mean, obviously, we're we're not going to be able to accurately project what this guy is going to be able to do, but I think that yeah, what Matt said in terms of loan, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I see both sides of that. Honestly, I, I see you know him being able to get the minutes and get the experience, but I also see that hey, th- this guy could potentially be a pretty valuable player for us. Um, with Reese, man, I you know he's he's a fantastic player, and I'm I'm really glad that we're starting to see um, some of the some of what we saw from last season. We're seeing it early on this season um and we're seeing it more consistently with him being able to do it on both sides um so for me it's um i'm i'm 100% su- you know supportive of uh keeping Reese, keeping keeping um you know keeping dave for as long as we can i mean dave still can play um so i, I, I don't want to see him i don't want to see him leave um yeah you know, gosh man i mean yeah, I, I think any chelsea fan would <laughs> would love to have another crack at uh, retaining Tariq Lampty though yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, it is what it is, man. you know, hey, he's doing well, he's happy, it looks like and and he's arguably like the best player on their team. so um and i and i I don't think that's really even an argument. I don't think that's up for debate. I think that guy's really good um and he's got a lot of talent man. so but no, um in terms of Reese, I think he's I think he's pretty much cemented himself on that right side.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point, and, and I mean, we also need perspective. And not every young player is going to make it, right? I mean, it's incredible we've got like four or five of them right now. I mean, we got to have that perspective that how many make it to a huge team like ours. I mean, and they're all playing. We got Risa, we got Tammy there, we got Mount there. You know, we got. All these kind of players are in and around the squad, Gilmore, you know, got Tamori, that's a lot of players. And then we still got Ampadu to come back, who I think is going to have a really big future. I think it's fantastic. Ampadu there, you know, we've got Conor Gallagher, also one There's so many players and, and, you know, only 11 spots in the first 11. That's something we need to have perspective with when some of our favourite players are not in the team, you know, because it's a big club. We need competition. We've got to get that done. Uh, uh, your, your review on that one, Matt, before we close out this beautiful pod today.
2: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you with the young um, players. There's so many spots and we've got so many good young players, like even players like Mark Guay, um, Boy Amber, Malang Sa, And we're even looking at more centre-backs just to try and get as much young talent in. And then there is the option we pick the best ones and then some of them just won't make it. But that's that's the aim of the game. Um, I think that's why, I think with the Tariq Lamptey thing, I think it was just one of them things. I think Livramento is going to have the same problem. Reese is going to have that position for the next 10 years. And I think it's going to be hard for anyone to actually take it off him. So I feel like they will have to move on for the best of their careers. And that's why I think use of a towel would be a good option because he, he like Aspi he can play left and right and he can play on the wings. So there's other options of where you can play him compared to just a right back. Um, but I think that's a dilemma Chelsea have got to fix on
1: their own. Definitely, but it's a great thing to have, right? LA Cobham, as we say. But uh, I've got to say, what an awesome pod and a delightful hour we've spent together. And I hope everyone listening will also enjoy this wonderful pod we've done. Got to say, thank you, Mike, for coming on our resident smooth Texan, Big Tex.
0: Oh man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, speaking of which, I'm going to try to do this brisket tomorrow, oh, yeah. so I will let you know how it goes. Uh, pictures pictures, or it didn't happen for
1: sure <laughs> <laughs> and thank you Matt our resident baller he lived quite close to me when I was back in England, didn't know that thank you very much my friend as always
2: no worries no worries, I'll enjoy my weekend hopefully England won't ruin it tomorrow at with Belgium obviously my girlfriend will be looking to get revenge <laughs> on me after last time but Well, we'll see. It's it's funny because it's our second year anniversary as well. So the fact that that game falls
1: on the same day, it seems like fate that one of us is going to be upset at the end of it. Someone is going to be delirious with delirium number 8 and going to have to reconcile with waffles and chips and mayonnaise and truffles, my friend.
2: Oh, I wish I was in Belgium having the Belgian food. That's,
1: that's what I mean. <laughs> if I was in Belgium and England lost, I
2: wouldn't mind because I'd just be able to soak myself in food. Like Even with the FA Cup final, the only reason that I wasn't ups- as upset as you guys is because I knew I was going to a fritter just after the game. I was enjoying lovely Belgian fries and some Belgian
1: waffles after. Well, I was that here and I still am. You've just reminded me of that. But the happiness is we're going to play them soon and we're going to blow them away 7-0 again. They're going to cry and pretend you know, all their players are world-class like Saka again, so screw those guys. And beautiful stories, guys. Lovely pod today.
0: Worldwide Chelsea out, up the Chels. See you guys soon.